Well, tonight we're gonna we're, we're gonna do a little tag team, tag team, tag, tag, whatever it is. That's easy for you to say. Tag team, uh, tag team teaching. preaching. We'll we'll see, we'll see how this goes. We're just gonna gonna flow with some things. I wanna I wanna start with a couple of things, and I'll I'll let my lady speak. But we've been talking on Wednesday nights talking about living uncommon, and a, a couple of weeks ago. I talked about, and I, and I referred to it on Sundays, and about the biggest problem in our world today, and we talked about deficit, uh, lack, and shortage, and and uh, you know it really comes down to it, it's a deficit of the Word of God. And uh, what's been big in my heart in this is is understanding the heart of the Father, and we can see the heart of the Father from the beginning of this book to the end of the book. You 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 look at how God created Adam and Eve and where He placed them. Where he placed them. You know, there's not one place where, where he said, you know, everything he said, you know, and God, and God made this and it was good. God made this and it was good. God made this and it was good. And he, he said, and, and God made man and it was very good. And then when God made woman, man said, oh, it's very good. <laughs> but you know, there's not one time that, you know, it didn't, there wasn't in the beginning and the, you know, in the very beginning, there's not one time he said, um, you know, and I created cancer and it was very good. I created diabetes and it was very good. I, I, there's not, there, there was nothing. You have to see God's plan from the very beginning was mapped out in, 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 in his creation. Everything how, on, on how, we're, how we're to live, how we're to, uh, how we're to guide and direct our lives. You know, everything in that first chapter of Genesis. You're talking about that we are to have dominion and we're to have authority. And yeah. he gave us seed and, and, and he, he's going to cause that seed to multiply. He's going to cause us to be fruitful and to multiply. So everything we see there, but yet, but yet when we get to Genesis 3, we see how man lost everything. And everything that, that the enemy brought in, he brought in cancer. He brought in sickness. He brought in disease. He yeah. brought in uh, disharmony. He brought in shame. He brought in guilt. Strife. He brought in all those things. Right. Yeah. And, and so we have to understand that, that if we look at, at John chapter 10, we can see that, that it's very, very black and white. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. Abundant living is the call of the believer. That's right. That's, that's, that's the call upon my life. And that's not just re- referring to finances. I mean, that's, refer, that's referring to every area of my life. Spirit, soul, body, finances, relationships, abundant life. And this all had, that whole chapter in John chapter 10 had everything to do with what voice are we going to listen to? Because he says, you know, let me, let's look at that. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And I'm just going to look at verse... Verse 5, and then we'll look at verse 9. It says, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee for him, flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger. That's good. They know not the voice of the stranger. And we know, uh, you know, right before that, it talks about how, how we hear the voice of the good shepherd. Right. Right. My sheep know my voice. My sheep hear my voice. So there's two different voices here. And we have the one knowing that voice. And I want you to know his voice. And I want you to hear, constantly hear from the voice of the father, the voice of the good shepherd, that he is restoring you. 
Get, get quiet. When everything gets so overwhelmed in your life, get quiet and let the good shepherd speak to your heart. Mm-hmm. You know what he's going to say to you? I'm restoring you. Amen. The good shepherd, the good shepherd speaks. Right. You know, the, 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 the role of a shepherd was not, was not a, a silent role. They knew his voice. They knew his whistle. They knew his song. Some of you may hear when I talked about the shepherd's song and what that meant. And, and so, so that they, they know that voice. The sheep would know that voice. And as they, they followed that voice, that voice was going to lead them where they needed to be. Mm, that's so good. The good shepherd. Thank you. His desire is to lead us into abundance. In every area of our life. It doesn't matter where you might be. It doesn't matter the mistakes you made in the past. I want to encourage you. The voice of the good shepherd is leading you. The good voice of the good shepherd. And it says this in verse 9. He says, I am the door. Amplify says, I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved. Will live. Will live. He will come in and he will go out freely and find pasture. Then it says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. And then verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Go ahead, babe. Thank you, Lord. Tag. Okay, tag. I heard a story from um, Brother Joe. He was, I don't know where he was. Maybe it was in East Texas or, but he was with a shepherd and they were on a on a cliff on a looking down onto the sh- or he was up on top looking at the shepherd with the sheep and he was hearing the shepherd give commands and he thought you know they weren't in english i don't know what the command what language they were in but he goes down there and he tells the shepherd tell me what you said show me how to say it and so brother joe learned to say exactly what the shepherd said and he said i'm going to i want to try this out so he started giving the sheep commands the same as the shepherd had said and the sheep just kind of stood back and just looked at him they wouldn't they wouldn't do what he was telling them to do cuz they knew their shepherd's voice isn't that cool even though they were hearing the same thing it wasn't their shepherd's voice isn't that cool um sheep it's funny that david referred to or we're referred to as sheep sheep are the most sheepish (laughs) they're very timid anything will scare them i mean um a road runner can come into the flock and they'll take off it'll scare them they'll scatter and go everywhere um one wild dog or two wild dogs i I love this book I, i read this book Almost every year by Philip Keller. It's a shepherd's look at Psalms 23. And um, he's a a true shepherd. He's a shepherd uh, in Tanzania. And um, anyway, he talks about how he had a flock of sheep. And there were two wild dogs that came in one night. And they actually killed like 272 sheep just this in this one night. But he said that the sheep are so timid... um, and scared that if a a road runner or a cougar if they if they even hear a noise they'll just take off running and if the sheep have or if they're pregnant they will out of fear abort that baby they'll lose what they were carrying 
and it's interesting that um, we are talked about as sheep, and it's we're the same way. If we're in fear, or if we're in terror, or if something has happened in our lives, we will not finish the plan that God started with us, or we'll abort that plan. Isn't that interesting? Whenever I was reading that, I thought about that, and I thought that that's just like the sh- a sheep, or that's just like us to um, not follow through because something happened in our lives. You know, and that would be just like the enemy to say, no, you can't do it. You can no longer do it. And so you, you stop short of it, but there's different things that they're afraid of. One of the things obviously is the unknown. That's why they run because they don't know what they're looking at or, or what they're, what's coming towards them or what's facing them. The other thing is that there is a, an order of, um, like status, Kind of within chickens, it's called a pecking status or a pecking. What's that called? Order. Pecking order, right? And within like cows, it's called a a um, it's a budding order, <laughs> like butt, like like definitely butt. But um, and so what'll happen is if a sheep tries to lay down or if they start to get comfortable, the other sheep that thinks that they're better or you know like the boss or whatever, they'll go and they will butt the the one sheep that has got it all, you know, is resting, is trying to rest. Isn't that interesting? It's like, uh-uh, you're not going to rest. You're in my spot. You're, you're taking my place. And they will do that. And they'll, they'll torment the, the smaller sheep. And so, and then the other thing is if food, if they don't, if they're hungry, they can't rest. They're not relaxed. The scripture that I'm referring to is he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And that's a place of rest because sheep are, it's almost impossible to get a sheep to lie down because they're so, they're skittish. They're out, they're afraid of everything. Now they can be in fear, but if, if, as soon as they see the shepherd, as soon as they see the shepherd, they're made aware of his presence. When they're made aware of his presence, that fear leaves. So as I was reading this and I've read it over and over, (laughs) proximity is huge. Our proximity to the shepherd. It's our proximity to the shepherd that will allow him to make us to lie down in green pastures. Pastor was talking about the Zoe life. He's talking about the abundant life. Sheep are known in arid climates, wherever they raise sheep is usually where it's dry. They do better in dry climates because of the, um, the other thing that they're very fearful is a fly, a parasite or a bug. Um, and I've talked about this before. They're so scared. If they get a bug on them, it'll cause them to run. It'll cause them to, to, um, their heads hit their heads against the ground or a tree until they kill themselves. So anytime they hear a buzzing, they're tormented. And isn't that just like the enemy that does that to us? But here's the thing about what the good shepherd does. And this is what proximity is. He, um, 
Because you know what? It's the Holy Spirit that reminds us of the Father's presence in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is referred to as the oil. But that's exactly what the Good Shepherd does. If he could get you close enough, and he, because he's all, he, oh my gosh, there's this phrase in here. I love it. It says, um, his concern for my care is beyond my comprehension. He is always watching us, always watching. And he, he is aware of his sheep's behavior. And he knows if something's bothering you. And all you need to do is come close because he applies that oil. And what does that oil do to that fly or that tormenting parasite or whatever? It, it kills it. It completely drowns that bug or that fly. But again, it's proximity. It's being aware of his presence and coming close, being close. Amen? Yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. whole lot more, but... Yeah, so, like so, it, so it's that proximity. It's that nearness. Because the enemy is, like I said, the enemy is looking for an avenue to, to speak. But yet it's, it's us in that proximity. You know, he anoints our head with oil. Amen. That's, the, that's what the shepherd is, is doing. He's anointing your head with oil. Thank you, Lord. And uh, in some, you turn your Bibles to Psalms 37. And we actually didn't talk about what we were going to share, so we'll see where this goes. So, Psalms 37. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 1 says, I'm reading the Amplified, it says, Fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Neither be envious against those who work in righteousness, that which is not upright or in right standing with God. So what is it saying? Don't fear because of what the enemy might be doing. Right. Amen. Don't, don't fret. Don't be envious against those that work in righteousness. Verse 2, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. But what does verse 2 says? Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord. So fret not because of what the enemy's doing. Fret, fret not because of the flies. <laughs> fret not because of the things that would the enemy would try to do. But instead, trust in the Lord and do good. And so shall you dwell in a land and feed surely on his faithfulness. And truly you shall be fed. Thank you, Lord. See, that, that's, that's a big thing. That, that, that this lying down in rest. That's, that's a, I don't know about you, but that's not easy. That's not, that's not easy for me. That's not easy to just really, you know, there, there's a, a phrase that people will say, well, just let go and let God. Well, that's easy for you to say. When, right. Yeah, that's easy when you don't have anything coming against you. That's easy when everything's going well in your life, right? But yet when, when all hell is coming against you and, and the thing is, 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 is in, in that place of rest, is, is letting go and trusting. God, I've got to trust you. It's, I, I can't. I can't think enough. I can't do enough to make this happen in my life. I've got to get to a place of rest. And that's what the good shepherd is all about doing. He wants to restore and refresh you. He wants to make you lie down in green pastures. Mm, mm, mm. We have to trust the shepherd no matter what we're facing and what we're going through and realizing that he is leading you into green pastures. 
He's leading you. He's directing you. He's desiring. He's not, he's not the, the cause of what you've experienced and what you faced and what you went through. But I want to tell you, he is the shepherd that is leading you into places of restoration. He's leading you into places. And in this scripture, he says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell. So So shall you dwell. That word dwell means to sit down and remain. It means a place where you dwell. It's a place where you live. It's a place where you lay down. Lay down. Now, I'm not talking about laying down and quit quitting. I'm talking about laying down and resting. Dwell in the land and feed. Feed. Surely. Surely. Completely, totally on his faithfulness and truly, truly, surely and truly. (laughs) They're twins. (laughs) Surely, surely on his faithfulness Mm. and truly you shall be fed. Hallelujah. Just as surely he will feed you. And truly, you shall be fed. That means without a doubt. Without a doubt. No, there's no question. No, truly. Surely he will do it and truly you shall be. Amen. And, and that's how we have to be with, with in, in a place of rest. Surely you're going to do this yeah. and truly it is yeah. going to happen. That's it. Thank you. What God. a position of faith. Trust in the Lord and do good and you shall dwell in the land and feed surely on his faithfulness and truly you shall be fed. Did you want to jump in? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Let me jump in. Put me in, coach. Okay. Green pasture. Because I thought about that, about they do well in arid temperatures because, you know, no bugs, no parasites, no fleas or, or flies. But what happens is the shepherd will take care of the land. He goes to great. He really works on the land to remove the stones. He plants seed. He um, removes dead brush. He makes sure there's that, that certain plants that are poisonous. He removes those and he makes the pasture green and leads them there to that green pasture. Now, when they lay down, laying down is not just resting, laying down is sleeping, but guess what is laying down also? They, there is something that sheep do when they lay down after they've been fed or when they eat is they continue to chew on that goodness. They continue to, there's a word I can't think of the word right now, but it's, um, it's not chewing your cut. I don't know what it is, but it means they lay there and they just, they, they continually feast on, on the goodness that he's provided. So that's the place that he tries to get you to. It's a place of, of, of good living. I mean, there's here, you're in a desert and then he's provided this green grass and he wants you to feed off of it. It's the milk and honey. It's what he wanted to do for the children of Israel. When he brought them out of Egypt was like, I'm bringing you to a place of milk and honey where there is, there's vegetation where, um, you will, you will be sustained and you will grow from my word, from everything that I've done. Um, 
one outstanding mark of a good shepherd is a healthy sheep or a fat sheep. Okay. A healthy sheep. And an outstanding mark of a child of God is a satisfied, a content, um, a peaceful state of mind, right? Mm -hmm. We should be at rest. We should have peace of mind, right? Because we're aware, we're conscious of God's presence in our lives. And it made me think of Isaiah 30, 15, where it says that it says in quietness and in trusting confidence shall be your strength. Isn't that good? good. In quietness and in trusting confidence shall be your strength. There's a thing about trusting him. He's going to lead you to a place of abundance. He's going to lead you to make you to lay down in a green pasture where you can feed on him, feed on his word. But that's the thing is you've got to start, stop doing this, but, but but thing, (laughs) which is really funny because if you're in a ease or content, a quiet state of mind, you're not in unrest where you're going, but, 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 but what about, but what about, um, not worried about what is going on around you, but keeping your eyes focused on him. Yeah. I wrote down, when my eyes are on my master, they aren't on those things around me. And that's a perfect place of peace. When my eyes are on my master, on my shepherd, they're not going to be around the things that are around me. And that's a place of perfect peace. And he's able to lead me and guide me to that. Perfect peace. Yeah. Green pasture. And make me lay down. Amen. Amen. So trusting, trusting is a, is it's, it's a, it's a position. It's a place just as trusting is the, you know, drawing near, you draw near to something because you trust it. You know, the scripture, it says, it talks about a high tower, right? And the, what the righteous run into it. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't trust, you wouldn't run to something you didn't trust in. Right. So it's the same thing. It's like I'm I'm getting near and I'm getting into a position of proximity because I trust. I'm choosing to draw near. And there's so many times in my own life I've seen it where where I've I've spent the time in prayer. But yet but yet when I leave that place of prayer, I pick up my problem that I was supposed to leave there. Instead of realizing, okay, I've got to totally trust God with this because I can't I can't fix this person, I can't fix this situation. No matter what I try to do, I I can't change it. But I had to get to I have, I have to get to a place, and I, even when we still face things, that we still have to say, "This is Lord. This is this is you. You you have to you you have to you have to deal with this. You have to. I, I can't make this happen in myself. And and you know it's the same thing as you have to understand as as pastors, our heart is for you. So, I, I mean, I want you to know that I know different ones are facing things in this church body. And I want you to know it in the natural, if I let it, it weighs heavy on my heart. Right. 
But I'm Lord, Lord, I'm trusting you with this situation with this person. This I'm trusting you with the situation with with this particular family, what they're going through, the the battles that they have. When I hear someone's in the hospital, you know, it's something that can weigh heavy on me. And in the natural, I can't. I may not be able to fix it, but you know, I'm gonna. I've got to trust. I, I got to trust, Lord. You're faithful to your word. I have to trust that you're true to your word. That's right. So right. proximity, proximity. Trusting is about choosing to get into a place of proximity. Mm -hmm. Then the next thing in this verse that we see in Psalm 37, it says, delight yourself also in the Lord. And he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight. It's interesting, this word, and I didn't have a whole lot of time to study it like I wanted to today, but, but one of the words is means, means delicate. And I was like, Lord, delight yourself in the Lord. What do you, what do you mean? It means meant delicate. I'm like, delicate. How does that, how does that relate to be, delight myself in the Lord? And, and, and as I was praying over this and thinking about it is, is being vulnerable with him. Meaning, meaning I need him. I require him. So delighting myself in the Lord is realizing I need to bring myself out from under my control and bring myself under his control. Delight myself in the Lord and he will give me the desires of my heart. Then the next verse says, commit your way unto the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. So we see trust, we see delight yourself in, we see commit your way to the Lord, repose each care of your load on him, trust, lean on, rely on, be confident also in him and what he will bring it to pass and he will make your uprightness and right standing with God go forth as, as the light and your justice right as the noonday. Then it says, verse seven, be still and rest in the Lord. Wait for him. Patiently lean yourself upon him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Then it says, so it says, be still and rest in the Lord. All this, all these things, trust, delight, commit, trust again. Um, uh, then it says, be still and rest, wait on him. All these things are positions of, of proximity. All these things, all these things are, are getting close to him, being near to him. And this is where the believer is, are to live their lives. Did you have something? You yeah, okay. that couple of things. Okay. Um, that word wait, we all know the scripture that says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. But do you know, <laughs> if I can find it really quick and I'm not going to, in my amplified Bible, it says they that wait upon the Lord. There's another phrase before it says, shall renew your strength. It says, shall be changed. Yeah. It says, shall be changed. They that wait upon the Lord shall be changed. Mm-hmm. First, it says that it says shall be changed and then you'll renew your strength because the waiting there's strength in that. There is something that happens as you wait. Yeah, it it really does. If you look it up, shall be changed. But I want to finish reading um, from Isaiah 30 after verse 15. What he says, 
Because he says, let me read 15 again from the whole thing. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. He says, in returning to me and resting in me, you shall be saved. That's pretty good. That means you'll be saved. You're not going to be ruined, right? In quietness and in trusting confidence shall be your strength. In other words, let me do this. (laughs) Be quiet. Let me do this. (laughs) Strength is coming, I promise. But listen to the last part of that. It says, but you would not. And you said, no, exclamation point. We will speed for our own course on horses. Because you're too slow, God. I'm going to do this on my own. Okay? Therefore, you will speed in flight from your enemies. You said, we will ride upon swift seeds, doing our own way. Therefore, we will be, will they who pursue you swift, look at verse 17, 1,000 of you will flee at the threat of how many of them? One of them. Do you remember that little jackrabbit and how it caused them all to run? And I don't know how many lost their babies just because of one little jackrabbit. You're running because of this one little thing, one thing. And I, I, I don't mean to make light of anything, but you have to see it in... In contrast to the almighty God. Okay, so he says, 1,000 of you will flee at the threat of one of them. At the threat of five, you will flee till you are left like a beacon or a flagpole on the top of a mountain. And like a signal on a hill. Guess what? You are now prey. You have gotten further away from who? That's good. The shepherd. Right. Because he's too slow. I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to do this on my own. And I'm going to run. And now I'm like a beacon on a hill going, I'm out here, cougar. You know, I I ran because of the roadrunner or because of the jackrabbit. And now I'm prey to what? The cougar, the mountain lion, everything else out there. And that's what he's saying, like a signal on a hill. And therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking and longing to be gracious to you. And therefore he lifts himself up. That he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is the God of justice. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are all of those who earnestly wait for him as he waits for you. Oh, who expect and look and long for him. Mm. Oh, wait, become intertwined with him. Become one with him. He waits on us. He waits for us. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We need to do this more often. Okay. So my next verse is is actually Isaiah 55. Thank you. I'm just just really going off with what Pastor Annette was just saying. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price. Yeah. Simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. Amen. So come wait, now let's wait and listen. Everyone, come to the water. See, another thing. This is proximity. Come, yeah. meaning leave where you are and come to this different place. Come, mm-hmm. come near to where water is. Come near to where the answer is. That's it. He yeah. he has no money. Come buy and eat. Yes, come buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price. Yes. Simply for the self-surrender. That accepts the blessing. And then That's verse 2 it. says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Come on. And your earnings for that does not satisfy. 
Hearken diligently to me. So this is another hearken diligently to me. Yeah. This is another aspect of trust. It's another aspect of delighting in. It's another aspect of proximity. And relinquishing your mind, your own mindset. I wrote that down. So hearken diligently to me and yeah. eat what is Thank good. And let, so, now, and let your soul delight itself yeah. in fatness. In, in Psalm 37, it says, what delight yourself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And here it says, it says, hearken to him and delight your soul in fatness. Mm-hmm. Meaning as you come to him, find your delight in him. Yeah. And then verse, verse three says, incline your ear, Jesus. submit and consent to the divine will and come to me here and your soul will revive. And I will make an everlasting covenant or a league with you, even the sure mercies, the kindness, the goodwill and compassion promised to David. So, so inclining the ear, coming near, come and, uh, and hearkening, all these things do what? They bring you to a place where, where you can receive the sure mercies of David. Thank you, Lord. Thank the goodwill and the compassion promised to David. Lord. Let's go over to Isaiah 58. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 13. In the Amplified, it says, if you turn away your foot from traveling unholy, uh, un, unduly on the Sabbath from doing your own pleasure on your holy day and call the Sabbath a spiritual delight, right. the holy day of the Lord, honorable and honor him and it not going your own way or seeking or finding your own pleasure or speaking with your own words. Yeah. Let me read that again. If you turn away your foot from going on the Sabbath and doing your own pleasure on your on a holy day or call the Sabbath a spiritual delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and honor him and it not going your own way or seeking or finding your own pleasure or speaking with your own words. Now look at verse 14. Then shall you delight thyself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth. Wow. Wow. So here, here, here we see delighting. This, this is, this is all about proximity. It's all about your position in, in, in faith. It's about your yeah, position yeah, while you're right. going through storms, while you're going through challenges. Mm-hmm. Then shall you delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride upon the high place of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Mm, glory Hallelujah. to God. Hallelujah. So good. So delight. Mm-hmm. Amen. Delight. Delighting yourself in the Lord is a position we take. Trusting is a position we take. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you have anything? Or? Mm. Go to, go. Hallelujah. Just meditating his presence. I know you spoke about that not too long ago. Just being conscious of his abiding presence. Hallelujah. He never leaves us. Never leaves us. Never forsakes us regardless of what circumstance may look like. He has not moved. I promise he hasn't. Amen. Yeah. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Matthew chapter 7. Now, just take this in mind as it pertains to proximity, as it means, as it is to delighting in the Lord, trusting in the Lord, committing your way to the Lord, hearkening to the voice of the Lord, coming to the waters, trusting, waiting upon Now, let's look at what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 7. He says, ask, and it shall be given to you. That's right. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. 
And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. That's right. Now think about ask. Asking is a relational word. It's relational. It has to do with proximity. It means, it means I'm asking one, one, for one reason I'm asking is because I know the person I'm asking has the ability to do what I'm asking. Exactly. I'm also asking because the one I'm asking, I must have a relationship with. You know, the, the thought of, you know, can I, can I ask you a favor? You ever, ever ask? And sometimes you don't want to say yes. <laughs> Tell you, what is, the, can I know what that is first? <laughs> But, but think about it here. Here, Jesus is really talking to us about proximity, right? He's talking us. Uh, he's really talking to us about delighting in the Lord. He's talking to us about trusting in the Lord. He's talking to us about waiting upon the Lord. Ask and you, it shall be given to you. Yeah. Amen. Shall shall can be replaced with the word will. Mm-hmm. It, it's not it's not ask and it might be given you. It's not seek and you might find. It's not knock and the door mm, could be open. No, these are these are these are statements of absolute. These are absolute statements. Ask and I will receive. Mm -hmm. Seek, I will find. Knock and the door will be open. Yes. This, this this is that position. This is that relationship. This is getting in that position in that relationship with God. And the very next verse says, for everyone that asks receives. Everyone. 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 You're, you are not an exception to Jesus' rule. Well, well, Pastor Justin might ask. But I don't know if it will happen if I ask. No, this is, this is absolute. You have to see the word of God as absolute truth. Yeah. Not, not suggestions or things that could be. No, Jesus is speaking absolutes here. Everyone that asks receives. Thank you, Father. Everyone that seeks finds. Everyone that knocks, the door will be open. That's it. That's how you have to see your prayer life. That's how you, you have to see, because when I know that 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 I ask and I receive, I seek and I find and I knock and the door is open. Then you know what? When I know that I can then rest (laughs) because it will happen. That's it. That's it. Did you want to do a minute? I love that. That's good. Go to Luke chapter 19 and uh, this is Faith rests. Did you want to say something? Go ahead. Luke 19. And I'll, this is the last thing the Lord gave me for tonight. So, Luke chapter 19. I love this story of Zacchaeus. And verse 1 says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And yet he sought, and he sought to see Jesus. Remember, if we, he, he, what is happening in Zacchaeus' life? He's getting into a new position. He is, he is changing his proximity of where he had been going to where he needed to be. He was changing his 
trajectory, so to speak. He was changing what he was delighting in. At one time, Zacchaeus was delighting in fame. He was delighting in title. And he was delighting in material wealth. It tells us he, he's a chief. Not he, is he just a publican, but he's chief among the publicans. Mm. Meaning he is top dog. He is leader of the other leaders. And it says he was rich. So here, here in the natural, he had financial status. And he had relational status. But yet, even in the midst of the abundance that he had materially, yet he still sought to see Jesus. He still had to seek Jesus. He, he, he was, there was something missing on the inside. There was something that just wasn't working anymore. There was something that, that there was an itch that, so to speak, that, that, just couldn't be scratched by finances anymore. There was, there was, he had, he had gone far as he could go and, and yet he was still empty, so to speak. And he heard about Jesus and it drove him to the point where he chose to delight in something greater than his material wealth or the other things he had delighted in. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. Who is he? I, I, I'm a man of success. I'm a man of means. Yeah. I'm a man that, that has people under me. I, I'm, and I'm hearing people talking about this Jesus. And I, I, I'm seeking him. And I want to see who he was. Who is this man? But yet he couldn't because of the crowd or the press. Because he was little, little of stature. And he ran before. Now, not only did he seek to see Jesus, but when he couldn't see Jesus, he still went a little further. Sometimes we 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 give up at the at the at the at the start of our faith journey. Right. And and here Zacchaeus had a start of a faith journey, but yet he didn't let the the disappointment. Of not seeing what he wanted to see stop him. He took it a step further and he ran ahead. Mm, glory to God. See, this is, this is waiting upon the Lord. This is delighting upon the Lord. This yeah. is, this is trusting in the Lord. Right. This is, this is just like the sheep are with that shepherd. I'm relying upon the shepherd. And here right. he wasn't sure who Jesus was or what Jesus was about. He just knew he wanted something different in his life. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not because of the press, because he was little of stature, and he ran before. Not only did he run before, but said he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. I mean, think about it. You, you know he had you know you know he was wearing something nice. You know he was wearing the finest of the day. You know he had the best garments on, but yet Yet what he was wearing didn't deter him from taking it a little further. He climbed up a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, came to the place. 
I love how it says the place because it lets us know it was an appointed place. Yeah. It wasn't just a place, but it was the place. That's it. I love how one word can make all the difference. He gave us not a measure of faith. He gave us the measure of faith. Yeah. So Jesus came to the appointed place. It was the place where Jesus knew earlier that morning that as he was in communion with the father, because we know Jesus only said what he heard the father say. He only did what he saw the father do. So this was an appointed place. That's right. Mm, So good. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, he even knew his name. Yeah, make haste. He even knew his name. I'm telling you, he, he knows your name. Amen. He knows your name. All he's looking for, for, for is a people that will delight in him. Yeah. Trust in him. That's it. Wait on him. He made haste. That's another aspect of delight. He made haste and he can come down. Zacchaeus, he says, Zacchaeus, make haste. So Jesus told him, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. And Zacchaeus made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to thee, to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him four times. And Jesus said to him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. That's right. Man. Mm. Thank you. Just as much as he is a son of Abraham. In Luke chapter 13, we hear of a woman that was bent over for 38 years. 13 years. I'm not drawing a blank on what it was. But, but it said this woman should be loosed. She's a daughter of Abraham. Right. She should be loosed from this infirmity. Yeah. And here, Jesus says, this day is salvation come to this house. Right. You could say healings come to this house. That's it. Prosperities come to this house. house. Restorations come to this house. For much as he also is a son of Abraham. That's it. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And it's interesting. The same son of man is also the same one that declared that he is the good shepherd. The son of man is also the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And just as much as he's the good shepherd, he is the son of man that came to seek and save that which was lost. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Delight in him. Trust in him. He will give us the desires of our heart. Zacchaeus, he didn't know really fully what he was desiring. He just knew he wanted something more. And he got it. He got it. So I encourage you, don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on your miracle. That's right. Amen. Don't give up. He's the good shepherd. And he wants us to lay down. And he wants to restore us. Yes. Thank you, Lord.
It's important to see him. It's interesting that the sheep, they're in the midst of a terrifying or, or um, a terrifying time, they can see the shepherd and their outlook completely change. I know we sing that song, you know, when Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. But he can walk into the room and you still not see him. You have to see him. There is a turning that you have to do to see him and then to see him for what he wants to do and what he wants to do in your life, you know, because he can only do what you ask of him to do, you know. So see him as your healer. See him as your hope. See him and then come close (laughs) and everything changes. Things don't seem as dark when he's there, when you actually see him, you know. Darkness cannot overcome light. It will not. And he is light. So our prayer is that tonight that you would look upon him, that you would see him. Amen. Thank you, Father. Go and stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Joseph, Danny, can you come up? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Not that Joseph, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. You know, when you face things, the battle, the battle is in the mind. We know that. The soul. But yet the word says he restores our soul. You know, it was corporate prayer on Monday night and just also hearing Nikki's heart the other day. She was talking about just just this this overwhelmed feeling. And Annette and I, we've talked about this also. And just this overwhelmed feeling of of what our church family goes through or might, what, what might be going through. And um, in Monday night during corporate prayer, and I got, a, I guess, a little bit better picture of it on how we can be there for one another. A lot of times we can come to a altar call and get prayed for healing. But so often when we leave that place, we, we consult our symptoms or we consult what things look like or what hasn't changed, whether we're healed or not. Well, the first thing we have to settle is healing happened at the cross. The stripes that were laid upon Jesus's back were for our healing and our wholeness, right? But what I... So it's like, it's not just... Continuing to pray for those that may need healing as it's talking about their healing. But what I sense more in my heart Monday when we were praying over our church family was the battle that people face in their motions while they're standing for their healing. The enemy always wants you to throw in the towel. The enemy always wants you to give up. But I want to encourage us as a body of believers 
that as we pray for people that are have had long-standing sicknesses or diseases or or reports from the doctor or whatever it might be things that that may look that you need a creative miracle or or whatever it is that that is not just praying for a healing for that person but praying there's there's warfare involved there's warfare involved. If, and if you've been through things, and it may be your family, it could be whatever. There, there's a warfare involved. And the thing is, the enemy wants to weigh on your mind to get you to give up and throw in the towel. But Jesus said this to Peter. He said, he said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you like wheat. So, so, so the thing is, is, is Satan's desiring to, that word sift you is where we get our English word enigma from, meaning a puzzle. So Satan is presenting you a puzzle to bring confusion. He's going to bring you confusion. And, and, and so, but Jesus says, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. We know that faith doesn't fail. Dr. Zell preached about that. But what happens is the enemy wants to move you away from a position in a place of confidence. So when Jesus was praying over Peter, he was praying over the warfare that happened with the attack that the enemy brought. And so, so and encourage us as we're praying for people, you know, whether it's a loved one or whatever, sometimes you have to do warfare with them and it's not doing warfare and trying to earn healing or gain healing. No, it's the warfare of what the enemy is doing, what the enemy's bringing on the scene, the confusion in the mind, the torment, the pain, the, the things that they're, that, that they're facing. And that's the warfare. That's where, where we can, we can, we can, we can get arm in arm and where we can strengthen our brothers and sisters in Christ. Send them a, send them an encouraging word. Send them an encouraging note. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Hallelujah. There's people that I'm, I'm, I am standing for. I'm in warfare with you. Lonnie and Brenda, I'm, I'm, I'm standing with you guys. And I will not give up until we see the manifestation. Thank you, Lord. Standing with you, Michelle. We're not going to give up until we see the manifestation of it. Murdis Crumb, that's in I see you right now. We're standing until we see the manifestation of it. There's different ones in here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven. We enter into that place of rest. Father, we pray that they would not be moved away and moved off of the promise. You said our confidence. You said don't let go of our confidence because it has a great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miracles in this place. 